0: Welcome to another episode of the
1: Unveiling Grace Podcast.
2: I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and we have a friend of Lynn's that's been fun for me to get to know as we've been talking, Melanie, who's been sharing part of her story. So if you didn't listen to Melanie's part one, you're going to want to do that because this is now part two. And where we left off last time was Melanie had experienced a number of cracks in her performance-based religious foundation, just different things she was seeing, nothing really to make her want to jump ship. But it was raising questions and issues about leadership, about inspiration, about trustworthiness, reliability. So that's kind of where I want to pick back up with you, Melanie, is as you're at that place where maybe the foundation isn't quite as solid, something happens, something comes into your life that lets you make a pretty significant pivot away from what had been the religion of your whole life and family to something a bit different. So.
3: Okay, so I just started going back to the foundation of the scriptures, which was for the you know was the Book of Mormon, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there was a man named Denver Snuffer that was teaching some online, and uh, and he was a member of the church. Yes. Oh, yeah. He was an attorney, very I mean good man, strong foundation, smart, you know, and had been teaching Book of Mormon classes for a long time and had taught at BYU for um, some of the you know, CES stuff. and Sure. So yep. he had a book out, um, The Second Comforter. And I had been, and as I started t- um, searching the scriptures, and I wanted that for myself too. And that's why I was frustrated with, you know, the prophets and wanting to hear that from them. So that there was, was this
2: personal, oh, intimate yes. connection, they'd experienced yes. Jesus. Yes. And, and they're so, not talking about that.
3: Right. And so this book had come out about having your own personal relationship, the second comforter, which the Book of Mormon speaks of, you know, with and you know, no middleman, just having that personal relationship with Christ. Assuming and the second comforter was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, when an encounter with with, with God and okay. Christ, of you know, having them so that you could witness of them in your life. and I had known and I had known people who had had that experience um, and you know whether it was even in a dream or whatever and that they were able to and but they were told and encouraged to share that witness that he had given them of his life and what his message was of love and acceptance and you know, the gospel that he, you know, and what his sacrifice did for them and how they felt. So I was wanting that for myself. And this book encouraged that, that Denver had written. Now
1: here's the problem with that, though, with Mormon theology, right? The God of the Mormons speaks to the prophet And he speaks through priesthood, right? And so typically, I was taught, as a Mormon woman, I couldn't have a revelation for anything except what I had stewardship over. And as a woman, that wasn't much. That was my kids and my calling,
3: basically, right? Right, right. This would be just a personal revelation for me, where I stood with God, what my standing with him was, you know. And so I would be able to witness of him myself. So, but I was wanting that, so I started really getting into the Book of Mormon, studying the Book of Mormon, and doing this, um, reading these blogs of the book of, his study of the Book of Mormon, and how he would go through them, and it just started to open my eyes to a different way of looking at the scriptures, and how the scriptures, the Book of Mormon had spoke of something, and how, you know, there was a different way of looking at it, and so I started to want to incorporate that even with the Bible, and I started uh, we had a support group at our house that we started wanting to study just the scriptures, so we started holding that at our house. And okay. these are all members of the Mormon Church yeah, members that of the church.
1: were reading. But they're reading Denver, Denver, Denver Snuffers Stouffer.
2: stuff. Yeah. Yes,
3: but it was it was going through his his teachings of the Book of Mormon.
2: Right and now, is there anything else in his teachings that maybe Mormon leadership wouldn't have been happy with? Where was he? Was he seeing any of the same things with leadership and? Maybe a lack of connection with God.
3: Well, there was things that the church has changed over the years, right. and some of those things came out in different points of the book. Because okay. you would see that that the church doesn't do things like it, you know, did clear back when the, you know,
2: right when the whole thing started. When
3: Joseph Smith, yeah, when the whole thing started, and so it's you started to feel like, well, you know, why are why aren't they doing things the same? And maybe we need to have, you know why can't we incorporate some of these things back in and you know so give me a couple of
1: examples of those kind of things like
3: like they used to have they used to take wine for sacrament right and they don't anymore okay and you know just it's it is little things like that why and why is the temple ceremony different than what it used to be when it says that you're not supposed to change it right so there was just you know there was just little things but you always think oh you know you just kind of like well um God changed, you know, needed to change that for this certain reason.
2: Okay. So, mm-hmm. so how so does was, how does like your Mormon leadership respond to this? Because this is not they're not encor- with Mormonism. No,
3: no, you're not encouraged to have study groups, and it's on it's probably for this very reason. Because you start to get into the doctrines of the church and the foundation of the church, and you see that there are, it's different. From things the, have changed. From thi- things have changed. Things have been
2: covered up. Things, things have, been have been denied. Been covered
3: up. Yeah. So, and. And a lot of things are tradition that are done that are tradition that you think are as, actually gospel and written in stone when, oh, well, that's really not how that's even written. We just do it that way because that's the way we're used to doing it when it really doesn't have to be done that way. So
2: So what happens then?
3: So then as we started to do this study group, I realized that my relationship that I wanted to have and that I had developed with, with Christ, I wanted to further that. And the way that I wanted to continue that, and I had started, I'd been praying about, you know, my tithing and what I need to do with that. And it just was not aligning with with the way that the church wanted me to live my life. But I didn't feel like it was inconsistent with how God would want me to live my life. Okay. So, so you believe you were
1: having this relationship with God that was developing, and God was giving you ideas, or speaking to you,
3: or yeah. answering prayer, or how, how? Yes. How how did that work? Yes. No, I and I. So as I would pray about certain things that I was learning, and and I would and I would get an answer, and I would and I would feel inspired to do to help certain people or to do certain things. But then it was like, but then I that can't be my tithing though. I mean it just Mm -hmm. there were certain things that Mm -hmm. I wanted to do with my with my life and in you know and I still wanted to do the support group and to study the scriptures. But there were so many different things that the church how they wanted you to live that life and what they wanted you to study that I didn't feel like I was free to be able to find truth in any other avenue other than what the church had written in correlated materials or Go outside of that. And I, could, and I could see that there was so much truth out there from other different sources. I had been listening to just some different you know online preachers and
1: mm-hmm.
3: going to other spiritual resources outside of the church. And you could see that there was truth there. Right. And your husband was
1: involved with you in the Denver snuffer yes. movement. Yes. And how long did the church tolerate what you were doing?
3: Um, once they found out, oh, oh, once they temple recommend, um, I mean, tithing settlement came around in December, um, we had just been giving, you know, to the people around us that needed money yep. and praying about that. And, you know, we had gotten a confirmation. I mean, that there was, Garth had gone to his room and I'd gone to my room. How much do we need to give? And it was more than we would have given for tithing, by probably double. Mm. But it was the same number. We felt like that was, a, you know, God right. was confirming that wow. that's what he wanted us to do. Wow. That those people really needed help. And I'm like, why wouldn't this be counted as tithing? Right. Because this this is money that's going to the poor and to the needy. Yeah. And I just felt so restricted by so many of the, not so many, by some of the things that... Um, Were I I wanted to study the way I wanted to use my money, my resources to help other people, the things that I want that and the people that I wanted to support that I could not do. Yeah. So you're at
2: you're at a place where you're being, I think, led by the Spirit to act. Out as the Spirit's guiding you, but now you're... Life. Not right, for the church, just right. for
3: me and my family.
2: And yet what's happening is that's now clashing with yeah. your ecclesiastical and religious leadership. with
3: how the leadership wanted me yeah. to do. So yes.
2: what then what happens?
3: So then I had to make a choice. Am I willing to pursue my relationship with Christ and to pursue how I feel I am getting revelation and to continue with that pattern of, you know, getting those answers? Right. Or do I want to stay... In this organization and in this, you know, with correlated materials and Mm -hmm. and just, Mm -hmm. but my whole life I had done, I had done that. And I just, I knew it felt like there was just something more. And I was willing to step outside of correlated materials and to read and to study. So I decided I had to make, and so when they called us in to excommunicate us because of the study group. And because we were no longer willing to put our money towards the church, and that um, I wanted to hear testimony from the prophets, and I wanted them to say that they had talked with God personally, mm-hmm. not just me assume that. I wanted to hear their experience. That um, I didn't believe, and I knew that there was other people that had had that. So I didn't believe that they were the only person on the earth right. that had ever had that experience. Wow, and that held that privilege of being able to talk with God. So I was willing to put what I wanted to pursue with my relationship and go a separate diff right. separate way. So were, membership in the
2: church, right. So were both you and your husband then excommunicated?
3: We were. He was in the bishopric at the time. And wow. and our tithing for several months had gone to the needy people around us that we knew personally for months. And we still had paid thousands of dollars for tithing, but it was just yeah. not
2: it wasn't the full when we, when we
3: first
1: joined the church, we were sponsoring a child in Africa, right? Yeah. Which, of course, my husband goes into the bishop. Of course, this is part of our child. T- absolutely not. And literally, we gave up that sponsorship to pay that money to the church. And when we left the church, we picked up the sponsorship again. That's one of the first things we did after 30 wow. years. Yeah. So, Definitely. so so God's
2: moving, drawing you toward truth, drawing you to a much more personal, intimate relationship. And yet, Denver Snuffer is very much um, still connected at least via Book of Mormon priesthood authority. yeah. yeah. So where are you now? So, How has God continued the journey then?
3: Well, you know, and I, I'll, I'll make just one little little comment about when we left though the sad thing about it was being in the bishopric and being able to serve and I was teaching I was teaching my preparedness classes in the community. I had taught them for two years in the community. I was involved with, and, but being excommunicated, they, with, with our excommunication, I was also excommunicated before, before the, 15, the the high council. I didn't get my excommunication with just the bishopric. They held a full high council excommunicationship wow. separately for me too. Why? Because as know. a
1: woman, you're under the authority, the bishop, bishop. not the state you're president, right. because your husband right. was in the bishopric,
3: maybe? Maybe, and because we mm. were active
2: in the community. People I, knew who you were and what you were doing. People knew who
3: we were and what we were doing. And so so two and a half hours later, I was excommunicated, and I, but I thought, I really, out of, when I went into my excommunication, though, I really felt, though, that if I came out of there with... And my cause my testimony of this Book of Mormon and of Joseph Smith and of Jesus Christ was all still intact. I I sat there and witnessed of Jesus Christ, my love of Jesus Christ, my relationship with him, the ways he had led me. Mm-hmm. And my testimony of still the Book of Mormon, because I'd been studying the Book of Mormon right. and of Joseph Smith. And there, you know, that's what this church is. And so what would be the issue? And but you know what? The last thing I had to answer was is is President Watson the only living true man on the earth that talks with God? And I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't agree with that. Right. So that was um. the one thing that they, they said. Then Sister Charlie, we excommunicate you from the church. Wow. My testimony of Christ did not, did not hold enough weight against, or even of the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith, right. against the current prophet that you know of the church. So
2: himself, you've been waiting for And multiple, I told him that. Yes.
3: I said, yes. the minute he stands up and he gives me a testimony of his experience, just like Joseph Smith did, mm-hmm. of his experience with, with God, I mean, I said, I'm all in.
1: Yeah.
3: So then where? So then, right. so then, um, the sad part is nobody, you're, you're like, they announced it in all nine wards that we were excommunicated. We now wore the red letter A, apostasy, and it was, no one talked to you. It was, I thought that I had friends that were in that community, and it was just, you're done. Wow. You're done. Yeah. So, for two years, there was two visitors that, from from the ward, from, that came to visit us, that were, were just, I mean, they yes, they brought us the turkey, but yeah, seriously, yeah. I don't have to be on the turkey list. So... In, other than that, so it just took us on a completely different direction. Okay. And go ahead, Bob. Well,
2: I was going to say, so then because now you've moved toward a more traditional biblical faith, right? No, you, no, not yet. So, so, where, so where are you now? So say, then,
3: I just we just started getting more involved. So then, this the Denver Snuffers started. There started to be a group formed, and. And you know, a whole kind of like a movement.
2: Right. Now were multiple people excommunicated at this time who were following?
3: Yeah, there was there was there was an online following of the different things that were going on. But
2: were there a number of people who were excommunicated at the same time?
3: Um, yeah.
2: Okay. And so it wasn't just you. Andrew Snuffer
1: eventually. He was eventually, Mm -hmm. yes. So this
3: whole this whole it started to grow and they started to be alerted to it and You know,
1: yes. Because I remember the church going in and doing something they called the Boise Rescue after they'd done the Swedish Rescue, and the Boise Rescue was all about Denver Snuffer.
3: Right, right. Yeah. So they tried to they tried to put that to put that down, and and you know I was involved with it from the very beginning, and but I started. Here's what started to happen. I started to see patterns. I started to see patterns of how this whole the whole Denver Snuffer movement was developing. And how they wanted to do their own scriptures now and they wanted to start putting some of Denver Snuffer's writings and have them be scripture and and the different temple and they're even starting to do a temple now and they're raising uh, money wow. to build a temple. And I thought, you know what? This how's that different? This is the same do we not remember like why why was I willing to leave the church? If some of these things, you know, it just, I'm like, this is, I can see this whole pattern starting yes. all over again with just a man. We're thing. restoring
2: the restoration.
3: Yeah. And I started to see that there was a more exclusive even yeah. the church. And that was one of the things that was, that tore at my heart too, is in, in John three sixteen, it says that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but through the, that the world through him might be saved. Right. And it's not just a select group of people that you have more ordinances that he says that you have to do <laughs> yes. to be able to have the world be saved. It says, but those who just have faith Thank you. in him. Right. That in the that's the why he was time, sent. Let's bring it back. Yes, and that they would be true. saved. And I thought mm-hmm. if faith is all that is required, it doesn't say anything about another ordinance, another baptism, another anything. It just says to have faith Another on temple. his name. Right. And that you can have exaltation. And I thought, what else am I looking for? Right. I'm simply looking for relationship and salvation through Jesus Christ. Mm. And to be able to be exalted and live with him. That's all I that's what the church teach. You know what? That's what I want. But I've had I've my whole life I've done this long list of things that I've had, you know. The temple every every week for five years, I went trying to think wow. what am I missing and you know, and you just and you work at your callings and i it is a perform i mean there's you do a lot, I make bread every week, and I did all the canning and I did all the you know all the normal things right and i'm thinking i'm running, I'm running, I'm running what
2: but where, where am is I it? getting where is yes it? exactly
3: and so I felt like. I had finally just come upon a truth that seemed so simple. John 3, 16 and 17. I'm like, faith in Jesus Christ, that's all I need. (laughs) And I started listening to worship music. And I tell you what, I don't know how I went my whole life not (laughs) finding worship music. Because it started to speak to me in a completely different way. Mm. I heard salvation and I heard love. And I heard the message of faith. In just such a simple, pure way that so many other people believed in such a simple way that wasn't encumbered by so many different things that you have to spend and devote and divide your time with. Right. It was just a simple invitation to believe in Christ
2: and And to to have faith in
3: his atonement and the sacrifice that he already did. Right. And I'm just like, oh my word, is that not enough?
2: right and that I mean and that's grace right Grace is getting this is, gift you don't deserve and you get it for free
3: and his cloak of righteousness covers you because of that grace and because of that right. faith in him and I just it just wrecked me to I would listen to worship music and all the different the different things that I was trying to unravel from I would hear a worship song and it would have a line in it mm-hmm. and it would just... I would sit there and it would just, the truth of it would just flow over me and through me. Mm -hmm. And I would just feel the truth of that sentence. And I would just cry. And I'd listen to that song for a week. And I would just process through that whole truth and get rid of, pull out all of the other stuff that was attached to it that wasn't true. And those music and that worship music over the next few years Kept me grounded to just a simple faith.
2: Did you have any favorite groups? Because I'm sure people oh, are my people who say, "What's worship?" Group? Lauren Daigle. Lauren Daigle okay, was
3: huge. She, her songs, and the way that she just spoke of yes. Christ mm-hmm. were.
2: Anybody else?
3: Um. Oh. Oh goodness. Um. Plum. There's a song. Oh, Plum was really amazing.
2: Love. Yes. And what we can do with this podcast is we'll go ahead and put some links to some really good quality worship music oh, that's based in I've scripture, that's songs, based in truth, yeah. um, just for people, because there may be a lot of people that are like, worship music? Wait, you found something that helped you? What is oh my goodness. What yeah. is worship music? So yeah. um, anybody who's listening, um, go to our show notes and we will connect you to some to some really great people who will draw your heart to God, to relationship with Christ. And those
3: songs, I, w- I wrote them down in my journal and I would just processed through. And I just pro that helped me to process the different principles. And um, that's how I and I started listening to preachers online then too Um, Francis Kahn and um, even Todd White. I saw his love, I saw his love of of people
2: Lynn, Lynn's laughing at me because I just took a selfie with Francis Chan when I was in Africa oh. we were in the same restaurant and I recognized <laughs> one him one of the first
3: books his love book is one of the
2: first Crazy books Crazy Love
1: Crazy Love yes yes yeah. but guess what my reaction was I came from Mormonism. We do not do rock star Christian leadership.
2: <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I would have done that with anybody in ministry that I recognized, that I appreciated, and was yeah. a brother. So anyway, but it was just you mentioned Francis Chan. So it was just like it was just yeah. funny. I had to. So
1: <laughs> you also mentioned a phrase, something more. Adams Road actually has a song, something more that oh. spoke to me at one point because yeah. absolutely yeah. there is something more. That yeah. more and more we more need more. to put a link and to Adams Road's stuff is in this Jesus. too because
2: Adams he Road has some amazing worship music. Well,
1: and you know, not I worship s-
3: music; it's teaching music.
2: It's yeah. scripture-based. Paten- oh, for yeah. sure,
3: mm. That's scripture-based
2: helps me yeah. worship. <laughs> yeah,
3: and I, I, the other thing is, I started to also see too that um, there's just the thread is love. God's message when he, you know, Christ, when he came and his message that he brought was one of love. He showed us a different way to do things. And so love has become my religion
2: Mm.
3: and just nature around me and the messages and the different things that the way that he expresses love to us, Mm. whether it's through music, whether it's through nature and just that goodness and that love that you feel filtering down is that that's my church now. I, you know, I'm. It's all about love. That's that's the consistent thread. Yeah, through all of it.
2: Well, we've got about a minute left in the podcast, Lynn. Anything you want to follow up with with Melanie here?
1: I'm good. It's a great story, and
2: just again, um, the pursuit of God through your life of just awakening you to even first seeing inconsistencies and giving you a hunger for truth and giving you a hunger for relationship with him and even though often the path can be a very winding road with lots of twists and turns you were hungry for Jesus you wanted right. Jesus you wanted his truth right. you wanted a relationship with him and the bible says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek yeah. him
3: and i was willing to give up yeah yes. my family seriously you lose you lose yes. it all your community the cost your is family so high. You know,
2: but Jesus said, I've the... come yeah. sometimes to bring division, and yet He's enough yeah. when you've got Jesus. So, thank you, Melanie. Thank you. Um, wow, what a rich couple of episodes! Um, very informational. So, thank you for your love for Him, for sharing that, and for hopefully encouraging our listeners. And again, transcripts and uh, show notes for all the different things mentioned are available on the podcast website. I'm veiling grades. What's the website again, Lynn? Unveilinggracepodcast.com Unveiling Grace It's been a long day already. Um,
1: and, and I would say once you find the kind of relationship that Melanie is talking about and you've had some of those experiential things with a God that you know is real, you're hooked. There's no walking away. And that no. is worth... Again, giving up everything
3: right. And you want to continue pursuing that yeah, in the way that you feel is best for you and your path.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much. Grace and peace.
0: Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish as always you can find show notes program transcripts and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com for a limited time we are offering the wilder's book seven reasons we left mormonism for a donation of any amount go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace Podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.